where our first guest is, is an American expat residing in Tulla and works as a genealogy and historical researcher. She has been involved for over 30 years in family genealogy and to tell us more on her life story, we are joined by Jane Ryan. Jane, you're very welcome to Scarlet Bay Community Radio. How are you, Dara? Oh, well, Hi, you're welcome, welcome, Jane. Um, so, Jane, you're, you're heavily involved, as I mentioned, in genealogy and historical research. Um, but before we get to that, just talk to me about, you're from Connecticut in America. Talk yes. to me about growing up in Connecticut. Yeah, I grew up in, um, I grew up in a town called Darien, Connecticut, which is in Fairfield County. And uh, my father was a native of Norwalk, Connecticut. His grandparents had come over and one grandfather had actually settled in Darien and the other um, grandmother had settled in Norwalk. And my mother was from uh, Fall River, Massachusetts, and her family were also um, famine immigrants there who had settled in the Fall River area. So I had a lot of um, a real Irish-American background, um, no other ethnicity involved. But I, um, I grew up in Connecticut, and I went to the local schools there, and I took a, a degree in accounting um, from Fairfield University in, in Fairfield, Connecticut. And we knew of our Irish ancestors because we had letter writing back and forth between my grandmother and the relatives over here. So I came over for a visit and we, um, I loved it and I continued to come back. And then there was an opportunity for me to study law over here. So I took the opportunity. So you mentioned there about having relatives over here. How are you connected with, with Irish we're, roots? Um, well, my, they're my father's second cousins. So um, there's uh, two. Well, there were two families there in. Well, actually, more than two families. I suppose three or four families there in um, Tarita, and then there are families. Um, there's another family in Carlo, and then there's various more distant cousins in the kind of the Tulla, the Fecal. Mm -hmm. um, it's very a lot of Clare, but yeah. some Cork as well. Too. Yeah. So Cork too. Um, so you mentioned there that you studied law. How long did you did you do that for? Um, I studied law and I qualified in 1997 through the Law Society and I practiced there for a couple of years up until the birth of my third child. Um, I did a lot of locums uh, work which involved, I did a lot of probate and conveyancing and um, some personal injury work, just a mix of um, general law. So where did the whole idea of genealogy come into place. My mother, my mother loved doing genealogy, mm. and my mother, when we were little, and this was long before the internet, my mother had all these sheets, and she was doing her own family research. So she was great. She was the one who kind of got the bug. I got the bug from, and she had made reconnected with a relative um, in in another part of Connecticut, an elderly gentleman who was also um, a very interested um, family researcher. So. So there was that connection and then my father's mother loved doing family research as well and tracing and we always had cousins um, coming to the house and we were never sure our generation how they were related but my grandmother would know when she'd be telling us so that's really where it came from yeah and um, Jane, um, is, there, is there a huge amount of work involved in, in gene genealogy and, and, and trying to, um, trying to find, trace your there ancestors? Is. There is. And I mean, the internet has made it easier, but, um, you know, it's not uh, foolproof, if you know what I mean. You still have to do your research in repositories and go to archives and um, just do a lot of, uh, a lot of, 
what do I want to say, on-site search, whether it's going to a graveyard or going to a courthouse or going to a town hall or um, national library or newspaper research. It, it, can be, it can be very rewarding, but it can be a very, a, a lot, you know, tough research to do to f try and find that connection. And I suppose, um, I suppose school records and, and, and parish records and all of that be... Yeah, all sorts of records can be very useful. I mean, school registers can be very good. I've transcribed the Tulla ones, um, so they're all online through the Clare Library website. And, um, I mean, school registers, parish registers are certainly um, very, very good. Um, there's land records that can be very useful. And there's a lot of records then that you... Um, over in America, city directories or something. It's like our, a phone book, but it, it wasn't, not everybody had a phone, so it was really a resident directory. That can be very useful. Um, ship records can be useful. Um, I'm trying to think what else can you, um, newspapers I have found great. I love newspaper research because that can throw up a lot of uh, context around a person, the social, you know, what was the social events or the other events that were going on around that time. So any any record really, um, even, even if somebody was a witness to a deed, that can put them in a place at a particular time. So that can be a very valuable record. And I suppose you, you, you mentioned there, um, you're doing family genealogy for over 30 years. Have you noticed a change in terms of actually trying to find information on certain families? Is it much easier now than it was than what it was 30 years ago? Yeah, it's easier in the sense that you can you can access um, a certain amount of information online. So people don't necessarily have to travel um, the way if you wanted to make a genealogy research trip to Ireland 30 years ago, you had to get on a plane and go before you could look at parish registers. You had to go to the National Library. But um, the, a lot of that is accessible now. So a lot of people can have some research, you know, a good bit of research done before they come to Ireland. But once they arrive here, then it's really the person on the ground that, that can really help them. And I do genealogy day tours for that, for those people that are traveling over. So, um, sorry, Patrick. Um, no, you, you, your recent works there, you did a, a publication of a book called uh, Clooney Graveyard. Yeah. And um, yeah, so talk to me about the, the history of the graveyard and what was your reason for researching Clooney well, Graveyard? Yeah, the, uh, yeah, Clooney Graveyard was always a mystery because my great-great-grandparents are buried there. Oh, right. So, and I never, I couldn't figure out why, and it still is a mystery, a little, I, I'm making progress, but it is still a bit of a mystery. So I always wondered and I asked cousins and nobody seemed to know um, you know why they were in Clooney as opposed to up in Tulla um, so that's what uh, the, the opportunity arose uh, I got a couple of people to con uh, contact me could I could I take a photograph of a grave or could I you know could I f see if I could find this in Clooney and I thought you know what I'm just going to do a book mm. so I have I did publish the book there um, last year so what did you find out on, about it then well it's a very interesting graveyard um, the most common name in the graveyard is McNamara, which is interesting. McNamara, um, okay. Yeah, uh, but there's lots of what's what I found fascinating about Clooney is that there's a huge number of what we call flat stones or flagstones, and those have been um, those have been covered over with grass. Now we were actually very lucky that we had um, we had a very dry spell. I think it was in 2018, and you could see the um, the brown areas where yes. the flags were. Mm -hmm. So it was a matter of just um, literally with the scissors just opening the flap 
reading the headstone or the, the flagstone, and the flagstone was beautifully preserved. Um, it hadn't worn away any of the writing. The writing came right so up. So how many graves did you actually find after oh, uncovering the grass lake? I would say now, and I know there's more there, but I didn't, um, I did, you know, I, I didn't find them. I, I have an idea where they are. I would say I took up at least 20 that had been fully covered oh, over okay. with grass, yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's an old graveyard. The church was a ruin over 200 years ago. So it um, and there's not really a lot known about the church other than it does have a connection with um, a saint out on the Aran Islands as well as with St. McCullough. Is, so. is there an awful lot of, um, of interest now from people um, to, to find their, their, their yeah. roots? Yeah. Yeah, and and I the funny thing is the graveyard. So the graveyard book got published, and I got a lovely letter from a gentleman in New Jersey who said for years they were trying to find the. It was a McNamara grave, a McNamara stone that they had never been able to find, and he said you got it for us. And not only did you get it, but you got the maiden name of the great great grandmother or great 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 grandmother. So that was great. That was I was delighted with that. You know that they were able to make um, yeah. progress with their own research. Yeah, which is, which is marvelous, actually, when, yeah. you know, when, when something Very like that happens. And, and, and it's great, you know, it's great, uh, yeah. it's great, uh, watch God in it, you know. That, um, yeah. And I've heard the people, they've, they've had, when, when they do their, their, their family research, they, they could be half Scottish, half American, half, you know, they, yeah. they, there's loads of nationalities. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I'm thinking of a lady out in Australia that's done amazing research for her Irish side of the family who came from Broadford, but she's actually Scottish. She has yeah. a lot of Scottish yeah. um, um, ancestry. Um, but there is, and there is a certain amount of Scottish Scottish ancestry here in Tulla because James Maloney, the main landlord, brought a number of Scottish um, families over in the early 1800s, late 1700s and early 1800s to work. And some of them, some of those families remained. And also you, um, in 2018, uh, you you created the content about the Famine Walk for Heritage Week. That's right, so yeah. So talk to me about that. Yeah, that was uh, that was actually, uh, we, we had a great um, crowd there that night, and there was huge interest in that. Um, what I did was I created the content there. I, it had always, um, I had been doing some local research, and I discovered more about Father Patrick Sheehy. And I have an article about him in the Tullah Reaching Out, the 2017 edition, as well as I had recently given a talk at Tullah History Society about him. A very, very interesting man with East Clare roots. He's a native of Whitegate, or was a native of Whitegate, and he was a famine priest. He was a priest here in Tullah during the famine. And he got together, He they put aside their religious differences, himself and Reverend Richard Brew, who is the Church of Ireland minister here in Tullah, and they created the Tullah Poor Law Relief Committee which administered, um, uh, tried to raise funds for the, the families that were in distress in the area. And both men died very shortly after the famine was okay. over. Um, and they weren't old men when they died. I think they really, the, the whole, I mean, the, he's, he did say, uh, Father Sheehy, that it really affected him to see the distress there mm. in, the, in the parish. And, and Reverend Richard Brew as well, because the famine didn't just affect Catholics, it affected Protestants as well. 
well. But um, yeah, he so he was an interesting aspect. And they met in the courthouse, and um, he lived in Tulla. And there were various areas in the soup school down at the bottom of the hill here. So there were a lot of different locations that had some um, significance to that famine era. So that's really where I created the content around. So finally, before we let you go, if a person wants to research their ancestry or roots, how can they go about doing this? Okay, I would tell people first to start with yourself and work backwards. Okay. And if you have an older relative, um, to to interview them, to find out as much information as you can, um, whether it's through photographs or through um, records that they might have or newspaper clippings, you know, the things that people save, the scrapbooks, that kind of thing. So that's start with yourself and work backwards. And um, we do say often to people that do want to come to Ireland to do their research, to try and exhaust your research in America or in Australia. Australia or in England or wherever you're from, Canada, wherever you're from, before you come to Ireland. So we have as much a complete picture of where they ended up, and that often will help us trace where they came from. And I suppose um, in, 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 cemetery, <coughs> in cemeteries all around the country, there's, there's a huge amount of, 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 of historic Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, 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 and flags. And we, we were involved 10 years ago um, when I was on the courthouse committee. We got a, um, well, we had funding there for the historic graves. So we have transcribed, recorded, and photographed both graveyards, the Tulla graveyard up here on the hill and the Church of Ireland graveyard. And there is fantastic history. Um, you know, it, it really tells its own story. Uh, so it, and there, those, those um, the historic graves project has done huge um, work all over the country mm-hmm. it's a community mm-hmm. um, initiative mm-hmm. so very valuable uh, so do you want to finish up now we'll, we'll yeah, yeah yeah we'll finish up so um, Jean I just want to say thank you so much uh, for taking the time to talk to us here on Saturday Chronic it was great listening to you thanks very much Jane Ryan thanks thank for you. inviting me thank yeah. you